1: Good afternoon, Chris Black. Oh, what's up, big
0: dog? How you feeling?
1: Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I am just uh, I'm I'm going over I'm going over on another trip a little week a little weekender to Sedona, AZ
0: to get to get my third eye all the way wide open because I think your third eye right now is just cracked and we need that shit bust down open. <laughs> the eye has cracked. The eye is cracked, but it needs to be busted, and I think that that could take TJ to another. And you know, I saw you at the tennis court yesterday, and and you seem like you had a few supplies for this third eye opening. Uh, yeah, I have drugs to, to <laughs> take out there on the. Uh... And we ain't talking. We ain't talking a new can of Wilson's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we are
1: talking a new can of Wilson's. We are not talking a quarter a quarter ounce of. Of cookies is finest. This is <laughs> this is a great uh, this is a great package of of stems and caps for your boy to take take part in. I don't. The only thing I'm wondering is, do I do the whole eighth god dose or do I parcel it out over a day or two? Uh,
0: I would say, obviously. I mean, this is coming from me. Do it all at once, um, mm-hmm. but because you know you don't want to wait you don't want to have two mediocre highs when you could have one smack dab high you know what i mean
1: yeah but the 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 it's not a problem but the thing i need to take into consideration is when you're doing that it's like it's a real you know take my keys i hope i have you know get get all my water and supplies like whatever is going to be happening for the next you
0: know six hours i am I'm checked out. I am unavailable for anything. Are you saying that you're not usually checked out for six hours at a time? Because I, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> it doesn't sound I like doesn't, well. You know, I like to be, you know, believe it or not,
1: I do like to be in control of of the situation. I like to know what is happening at all times. You know, in case there is an emergency of some sort, whatever it might be. You know, we're 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 we the place we're staying at has a pool. I don't want to, you know. Get, if your big get, ass, get if my little big drown ass, on. If you're big I'm ass, dr- if, you,
0: if your big ass drowns and and limits one of my fucking income streams, you're in trouble. <laughs> okay, we can't have TJ dying when the bag is finally starting to get delivered. Like that. So ain't okay, so
1: if if I die from uh from drowning. I'm going to be in big trouble, is what you're saying. <laughs>
0: yes, you will be in big trouble. <laughs> the ones closest to you will will be upset, but mostly I will be upset about the bag loss because I couldn't right, go right. on. I, I couldn't go on without you.
1: Yeah, because you don't know how to turn the recorder on. But it is true. I do have a mouth to feed, and and uh, it's pretty much just mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> and this boy, but you're a big boy. You like to eat, fam. I do like to eat and, and, oh, because, you know, that's that's what the majority of the podcast revenues is going into is just, uh, you know,
0: different top tier culinary items. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, I don't look, I'm not going to police what you do with your money, but you could probably be a little more responsible. I mean, I don't, I don't buy, I don't spend my money on clothes. That's all for free. The drip is,
1: is not for sale. It is, <laughs> it is for, uh, it is for donation, uh you know otherwise you know what am i really spending my money on other than i literally bomb ass bomb ass meals i don't even spend my money on on
0: natty wine i literally i literally jason when we were at the we were at the cabin over the weekend i was like oh that's a that's a cool fleece where did you get it and jason literally like got it from a dumpster (laughs) at his neighbor's house so he's not kidding about the drip being free the fleece vintage north face was fire but I was. Uh, I was it important. is. It
1: is not from a dumpster. Uh, when I when we first moved in, uh, my neighbor was having a yard sale because he was moving out, and he had a bunch of dead stock '80s and '90s heat. One of that being a, a great North Face piece that you know you what, what is it, you, you said you could have could have seen that for one fifty on
0: Grailed all day long, you know I got this I shit for like I, four dollars. I don't know which Depop sellers you follow, but yeah, probably one probably probably 150 or so. I know you're more of a traditional both of us Gen, gen Xers, we're big eBay heads, so, you know. Um, yeah,
1: I don't I don't want it if it's that easy. I like to uh I like to sniff around for my truffles. I don't like to go to Italy and have them served up for me.
0: Thank you for that great analogy bringing it back to food. Um mm-hmm, But mm-hmm. you know, I got I got some new drip for my birthday. <laughs> You do have a new drip, and, and, I, and her name is Tabby. And I wore so I I've never been vocally against the the Margiela Tabby style. I just never thought I could do it. But Alex gave me a pair of the the Tabby loafers, uh, mm. in in black leather. And I gotta say, bro, I think they're cool. <laughs> the Tabby and the loafers together, you know, you're in trouble. Oh um, no! I, I yeah they
1: pick- uh, they are a they are a special type of footwear, aren't they?
0: Very special, like their wearer, Big CB. But mm-hmm. what do you, what do you, what do you, I mean, I sent the group chat a pick. What do you think?
1: I, I think they, they, um, they evoke a lot of hoof, hoof like energy. Yes.
0: That's, that's because I'm a stallion and
1: you do not disagree,
0: <laughs> <for> Christopher <laughs> yeah. the stallion. Chris, the stallion does not disagree. I mean, I, um, I was always—it's one of those things that I was always scared of, but like I think I also thought of them more as like a white heeled boot because that's what women wear, you know. Mm-hmm. So when I saw something more approachable, um, and I wore them to Mister Chow last night, and I felt I was just galloping down <laughs> rodeo like it was nothing, bro. I ha- I had a
1: I was talking to <laughs> I was talking to my LP about the about the the hoo- the tabby loafers and and she was she was offended she was making fun of me when i asked her what
0: brand they were <laughs> well that's stupid i mean that's a stupid question jason so we all know we all know the the drip is margella
1: okay so follow up question is is Mar- she's like you're joking right and, uh, so my question is is margella the only
0: shoe or clothing company that makes a tabby Shoe Style, well, yes. I mean, I think that he's done a heeled boot. There's like a a, a canvas sneaker. There's the loafer. No, no, no
1: the, I, I mean like so. No other clothing well, brands well, or shoe brands makes a tabby at all. This is this like a patented technology yes, that yes. Maison well, Margiela has. I don't
0: I don't know if you remember this because you know you were wearing fucking flat brim fitteds. But the um mm-hmm. there was a there was a Nike Rift, the Air Rift, which is a very cool kind of running shoe that had a split toe um right 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 that was when you were wearing herschel okay go ahead bitch i've never worn herschel on god and i will come i will come through this microphone and slap the taste out your mouth for that kind of talk we ain't doing Mm -hmm. that bro we ain't doing that okay
1: so so long story short margell is the only margell is the
0: only company that has ever made a tabby shoe that's my understanding. Yes, I mean the Rift is basically the sport version with the strap, and Nike also made the split toe socks. It's very cool for a chick. I think for a dude, it's it's a little it's it's not cool, but um, great, a classic Nike piece. Mm-hmm. So, um, are they comfortable? Give us a give us a rundown. They're very they're very comfortable. I'm gonna wear them today for our meeting. Oh thank
1: God! And that's something yeah. that
0: you would you would never wear a sock in. This is this is sockless. They, only, they right? do they do make a split toe sock, but loafer. I mean, I don't wear a, a sock. I, I rarely wear socks unless it's with sneakers, anyway. So it kind of tracks for me.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you do? You know, for our fellows out there who might have some sock sockless issues, you know, in terms of maybe moisture and odor, what are some <laughs> what are some CV I, tips for you those gotta out go. here?
0: You better pray to God that should go away. <laughs> okay, that so you all you can do
1: is really find find peace with your maker because there's, there's nothing cause... else
0: that you can do. And the pro tip that I always distribute, which is great advice for anybody, if you're gonna wear a canvas shooter in the summer in those socks, buy a pair, throw a pair away, buy a new pair next season. Don't let's not be cheap. You know what I'm saying? I know it's not sustainable, but we're talking about fifty dollars here. You mm-hmm. know, it, because nothing ever looks nothing is more uncool than a no show sock. That is the least cool thing you can do. And trust me, if you think we can't see it, we can. We
1: can see it. Okay? <laughs> it's true.
0: Even if
1: you, even if you absolutely cannot see it, we we just know that it's
0: there. We sense. You know. We sense the energy of of the the no show sock. Whatever whatever shoe emanates big dick energy, no show socks will take that away and give you tiny tiny fifty year old man driving a Porsche energy.
1: What do you feel about the look of? of just walking around i mean what if you what if you own the no-show sock like when you see people you know men or women or or, you know all 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 types of non-binary individuals as well (laughs) wearing wearing like a pant or a legging or something like that and then just the no-show sock no shoe like you know when they're just kind of making tiktoks in their kitchen if if you own that look then what what if it's like a very attractive person doing it
0: no, Jason. I know what you're getting at here, and I'm not going to let you wear size 17 no-show socks. <laughs> this okay, is so not. This does relax.
1: not apply to me at all. I'm talking about you know, like you know, if you're younger, you see some like college, some hottie. college chick, you know, a, a college hottie wearing the no-show socks with 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 the confidence rivaling that of an Emrata, perhaps.
0: No, we're out on that. No, the, we can't. The, the, we can't do it. The no show, although I understand its existence and its boom and popularity in the last five to 10 years, I will never accept it as an option for men or women. Yeah, unless, you're, unless you're doing like reformer Pilates and you have grippy socks, then I'm mm, going to let it slide. Okay. Only, only in the studio. Only in the studio. Okay. Yeah. Or if, you're I, in the ho- think- or, or if you OD on drugs and you're in the hospital, they also give you a similar sock. That's fine too. The, <laughs> there's, there's overdose socks. No, but there's – I'm joking, but there's a hospital sock <laughs> that, that is grippy, similar to a grippy sock for a Pilates or yoga class that they would give you. Mm-hmm. Similar. Similar so but no, not the same.
1: So not only uh, is the food and beverage at program at Cedars good, their um, their atelier and their cobbler <laughs> yeah. is also putting up some great products.
0: Yes. It, the whole situation is on fleeky.
1: Okay. Well that's good. Speaking speaking of um Emrata, she's she's trending right now for
0: uh for a story that she wrote. Did you read it, Chris? Uh I read most of it and it was very good. And I um Is there anything that she can't do, you know? Honestly, I mean I think it's a it's also something I feel like she, only she could do. Could write, which I think is the key to to writing in general, the point of view angle, mm-hmm. and it's like it's mm-hmm. so it's so wholly her in this way that we don't. Basically, she's talking about how she like can recognize herself better in paparazzi photos than like her in the mirror, and just the struggles that come along with that, and how like I mean, there's a whole thing about Richard Prince painting her and her boyfriend buying it, and this whole it's it's, it's good, mm-hmm. it's really good, and it's it's got like I mean. I think we all knew that she was capable of of more. Obviously, like I think she's been on that trajectory for a while. Um, but more than I, what, Chris? More than a model, bro. More than oh, okay. more than more than just a, a more than just bo- a pretty face. More than just a body in an in a Robin Thicke video. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like. But it's interesting because there's going to be I guess there's a whole a whole I don't know if it's a book but there's a collection of essays that this is from that New York mag- magazine published the the excerpt so but it's mm-hmm. great and that's why I mean there's a reason it's going viral um you know it's 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 very good and I think we also like as a as a culture when a celebrity model actress you know singer whatever it may be does something kind of self-reflective but very very good that we actually can't relate to <laughs> But it's mm. like it's so it's so well done that you do are able to pull things from it that feel valuable. And I think that's kind of what this story did.
1: We're, we're able to actually truly empathize with somebody like Emily Ratajkowski, who it's pretty hard to find any empathy
0: for. Exactly. Exactly. I'm a heartless monster when it comes to celebrities. And I felt a lot of empathy. And I'm I'm um I that's powerful.
1: Yeah, I saw that she was she was being sued by a paparazzi photographer for, for posting, posting her own photo a <laughs> yeah. photo of herself on her instagram stories where you
0: can't even see her face well that's a common that's a common way that's a common issue though with with now with these agencies like that is that's the thing that's happening now where the agencies are suing people for their own photos like that i've heard multiple stories about brands getting kicked off of instagram because because a claim mm-hmm. is filed by the by the paparazzi agency which is just i mean it's all very confusing because it, it makes no sense, but it's also just some weird business and laws that, like, are, are obviously yeah. in favor of the photographer and the agency. But I, I do think it's, it's pretty, they could, they could
1: find some loopholes in the system that are truly unfair. I, I would just like to be a fly on the wall uh, in, in the courtroom proceedings of, like, Your Honor, we're, <laughs> let the record state that the photos were not on the grid. This was only <laughs> a story post. And then and then everyone in the jury goes Ooh, like you get like a little quiet hum and whisper amongst each other.
0: I like this. I like this idea for the for the dramatic reenactment for the HBO show. For yeah, for Emrata, NCIS. <laughs> uh, but yeah, read the story. It's on NewYorkMagazine.com. dot um, I am sure you've seen it on the TL. Uh, it's doing a little something we like to call in this show going viral. Um, viral. Virale. Okay, nice so Jason we
1: uh, we have a guest today, Tim Heidecker, who is known for being on the Tim and Eric show with Eric Warheim. He became uh, a a actual legitimate recording artist, not making comedy music, but actually making very good, honest, uh, you know, beautiful CB style tunes on on uh, friend of the, is, friend of but- the pod, Jaga Jaguar.
0: Uh, he also has a new show coming out that actually got announced today. It's an a twenty four vehicle on Showtime called Moonbase Eight, um, which uh, is is I like the timing of this. You know what I'm saying? He's coming he, here to promote his new show, I guess.
1: you he, you he you you into the uh, the press, the press tour energy that's going on of like, well, I love, you know we have a new the, the, we went to deadline. We saw the new shows being released on Showtime. How could we not go on? How long Exa- gone? Exactly. To, how to long? Discuss.
0: Uh, how long gone is a must stop. Like the way that Letterman was in the '90s. How long gone is for the for the '2020s? Let's just you know. <laughs> That's we're what not it's only starting the, to feel like. We're not just the gay Howard Stern. We're also the modern David Letterman.
1: <sighs> Exquisite. Okay, let's give uh, let's give Timmy a call. Bang his line,
0: mate. Our listeners, 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homeshef.com slash how long. That's homechef.com slash how long for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash how long must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. <laughs> how Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health.
1: considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutraful.com and enter the promo code HOWLONG, all one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutraful.com spelled N U T. R-A-F-O-L. I got R A F on the nut. Dot com <laughs> promo code howlong. That's nutriful.com <laughs> promo code howlong.
0: How Long Gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason.
1: BetterHelp, you know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions... We're spent off, obviously off clock, going through you know hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we- sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know. It's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from.
0: I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com/slash/how-long today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/slash/how-long. Nice. Have you heard of a thing called Sonos? You should try it. I do
2: Sonos, and that's a problem because I've got. Listen to this. I've got two areas in my house that are not on the same network. So how's oh. Sonos going to deal with that? Man, Hollywood must pay well. How big is this house? It's a compound. I mean, it's like it's like the David Koresh situation over here. So,
1: so Tim, did you move to Austin just like Joe Rogan as well? Now that the pod is really taking off, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm,
2: yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna see if I can get about a quarter mile deeper into the earth than he than he
0: currently uh-huh. is. That's smart. That,
2: that bunker, will affect
1: the sonos.
2: That bunker he's got. I mean, what the hell is that? Look,
0: I mean, I I have a lot of questions about mr rogan but I, I think the bunker is top five maybe yeah
1: me too but that you know he probably he probably receives like multiple death threats every day he has like armed security with him all from like you know smoking doobies on on apple <laughs> podcasts yeah
2: somebody mentioned to me they're like uh he did did he did he realize that pot is illegal in texas did he did he game that one out I, I think
1: like, I think he's still working that working around that one. Uh, maybe he
0: maybe he moved there to lead this charge for legalization.
1: Maybe. I don't know.
0: What what he's, is your what is your security detail look like, Tim? Uh
2: I have the ATD uh security system <laughs> that is currently okay. um probably out of batteries around the house. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you are you are working on getting some new batteries soon, probably. I should. I should. Let's let's let the audience know that I'm unprotected at the moment. I'm shields down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, where where are you in Los Angeles, general area? Um,
2: Glendale,
1: uh, e- East Glendale, uh,
0: right, oh.
2: on the, right on, right in the smoke zone. Like
1: really, Glen, Glen, Glendale, is Tim. What we call Tim, that. I am also in Glendale, but I'm in a different smoke zone. If you know what I'm saying, brother. Uh, like uh, hookahs or something. Yeah, like, hanging, out with the, exactly.
2: hanging out with the Armenians. That's that exactly
0: right. Mm-hmm. J- Jason. Jason is deeply embedded in the Armenian community. They respect him quite a lot for some reason.
1: It took me a while. I'm I'm West Glendale though, so you know. Take with that what re- you will. I wish
2: I had their respect. I don't get. It. I don't get. It. I don't get
1: eye contact. How many sigs do you smoke? <laughs> <laughs> You're right.
2: I got to find my park. I got to find my park and sit and and like sit and smoke and maybe I mm-hmm. can. And wear also wear like a winter clothes uh, throughout the year. <laughs>
0: Year-round? That is actually a perfect description of the Glendale Armenian community. Even as an outsider, I recognize those traits.
1: Yeah, I noticed when I made the when I made the move from Atwater Village to Glendale, it was it was five minutes away, but a world apart, and there was—I I never really felt fully um, welcomed by the by the Armenian community here. But now that I am a resident, you know, I feel like I've—I'm—I'm I'm in their good graces now, and I don't exactly know why. I think it only really does boil down to smoking cigarettes. <laughs>
2: well,
0: maybe I'll have to start up again.
1: Well, I'm no. good. I mean, no, don't do that. That voice is like honey. All right, thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now is your time i mean at least you're not are you are you vaping then
2: no i'm not i'm li- I'm, li- I'm living a clean life right now but uh i was i did i did dip into the vape uh mm-hmm. like a year or two ago and it was way more i found it way more addictive than i remember cigarettes being i think it's, oh yeah it's like and it also like uh it kind of like gave me all these weird facial tics and i was <laughs> what? it, it what? was weird i was just like kind of it's, i'm doing it right <laughs> now but i kind of had these weird like my just uncontrollable like very subtle you know you wouldn't have noticed it
1: but i was it was a kinda, little a little Parkinson's-y? yeah
2: yeah and i found myself like sneaking into the bathroom at restaurants to puff and it was like what
0: the <laughs> fuck how did this happen get me this Damn, is, that- this is awful that's a cautionary tale, actually. Maybe that's why Jewel got banned. I, I didn't know it was... I, I haven't heard it, uh, something that serious before.
1: No, vaping truly is way more fun than, than regular cigs I've, I've experienced. And I, I miss it sometimes. I think about it. Just the ease of, uh, of a morning puff without having to go outside. Yeah, I mean, the, it is
2: a good... It is a very, very, very temporary, very quick good feeling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That describes a lot of things, I feel like.
1: So, Tim, so you're in Glendale. You have, um, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a nice little coronavirus. If you, if you did have to leave, you know, if you, if you fled the city and went somewhere else, where, where would you go?
2: There's nowhere to go. <laughs> there's there's no escape.
1: I mean, are You're I, not going uh, to not going to Utah or something like that?
2: No, I can't I don't I uh, I no, I don't like the desert. We went we drove up to uh, Montana in July to see my sister and she lives up in Butte, Montana. And okay. uh it's it's you know, it's nice up there about like 2 months out of the year and we were there mm-hmm. during <laughs> one of those months, so mm. I think about going up there a little bit maybe, you know, uh it's a good uh, hideaway but then you've got all those mm-hmm. shitty people up there, you know. There's, there's all these, I, uh, you know, people yeah. with
0: guns and trucks and stuff. I don't want to be around that every day. <laughs> well, those are my people, but I still don't want to be around them every day. Exactly. So I, I grew up I, around I those. I grew up around those people in Pennsylvania. I, that's why I, I split. I forget that Pennsylvania has a deep redneck culture. I'm from Atlanta, and we have a, obviously a very deep redneck culture, but I, f- I feel like Pennsylvania is, is rivaling us. I, I think it's un- underreported. I think it's ca- – I would call it a fatneck uh, group of people. <laughs> oh, so they're so they're <laughs> overweight and have guns and trucks or yeah, – That's pretty okay.
1: – yeah. I think it's the same vibe, but you guys just have more like cheese consumption per capita than the South. Yeah, my vision, my my image of
2: like the typical Pennsylvanian where I grew up is a is a very very like morbidly obese man coming out of mm-hmm. a diner, sucking t- uh, food out of his teeth, sucking it
1: with his <laughs> with his lips. Well, yeah, we all know that sweet sound. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah that, that's my ringtone. Um, but the the did you live in Philadelphia for a while too? I did. Uh, yeah, I went to Temple
2: University in North Philly,
0: so I was there for about five five years. Do you do you harbor any feelings for Philadelphia? Because I hate it there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a. I mean, I was in college. I had a great time there. I had made a lot of good friends. And I, I, uh, I, last time I was there, I kind of walked through the the historical section of the city, which is cool. Yeah. It's cool that's there. This this you know like Independence Mall and all that stuff is like, it's this crazy connection to like a very ancient. Uh, you know, not ancient, but uh, you know, I, I think old it's as hell, old as hell, yeah. So, <laughs> you, don't, you don't see that at all in California,
0: you definitely. I mean, last time I was there, I was on Ecstasy and saw Soul Wax play. So, it's maybe I should revisit. I haven't been, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been in a long time, so that's pretty cool. Po- it, it was cool, I guess, but I, you're right, California is a very new city,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, before we, before the white man took it, Tim, um. <laughs> Let's talk about. Uh, I want to talk about your your transition into the music career. I know you know your your record came out. How long has it been now? Um, it's coming out next week. I think twenty fifth. Oh, okay. Yeah, the twenty
2: fifth. But
1: September. you you re- you
2: released the first kind of like we're doing what you do. You put out some singles. You we love singles. Stoked. You put out some videos. One video, and you get the promotional. <laughs> we were supposed to have a vi- another video and. Uh, it's still in the works, but yeah. So we, we it's were hoping
0: out. we were hoping this was a stop on your promotional tour. Can you say that for us, please?
2: It is. I feel like you guys went outside the uh, normal channels, dealing with the the PR gang. You
0: went direct, so they're we, not. We go we go direct. That's kind of our approach here at How Long Gone Industries. That's you know what, what I
2: mean? do, do on. Uh, that's what I do with office hours. I just you know call my friends
1: or bug them to come on most of the time. yeah we do the same except ours aren't as famous as yours but still <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we little... all we also don't believe in paying a you know retainer fee to a pr firm when you just when you can just dm them you know yeah i know it's, i know it,
2: i i the world it's a it's a it's it's hard to justify it because what i what i find is you do it and uh the same 10 places pick up the story and the same the same mm-hmm. 25 people look at it and you
0: know it's like yeah. <laughs> do you get hit do publicists hit you about the podcast to have people on
2: no we don't have anybody listening so nobody cares <laughs> perfect
0: perfect perfect well the record so the record comes out in 2 weeks you have two videos there's two singles right
2: yeah there's two singles there, there'll be another single tomorrow
0: did and the whole touring shit is fucked right
2: Thank God! I don't I don't want to have anything to do with that. But uh, well, that's how you make money. <laughs> I know. Well, I make money other ways. I've got a.
1: Oh, uh,
0: okay, big dog. Tim, okay, know, right. Tim.
1: Tim's in the biz, man. So, so yeah. you are not a fan of the touring and um, the live live show vibes, or you've just done it so much that you're ready to hang up. Well, the, hang up I, the hat.
2: I just did a big tour with Eric earlier in the year, and uh, and it's fun. That's fun, um, and uh, music. Tours for me, I feel, would be would be hard, um, and not. I wouldn't make money because I would end up spending money to put on a, the best show. You know, I'd bring a yeah. band, and I'd mm-hmm. tr- try to travel comfortably and all that stuff. So it would kind of be this weird net even sl- maybe right. loss. Um, but Damn. yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not. The, I like playing music. I don't know if I'd want to do it like every night um because i because <laughs> I, I tim you're have, gonna have
1: to do it every night i'm sorry this is you wanted this rock star fucking lifestyle bro well, yeah you you already I, you know, had a career going
2: you know what like Nilsson never toured uh harry Nilsson like uh, there's people that just don't that never toured because they felt like i know harry Nilsson uh mm-hmm. had, had stage fright and he was like I, I i'm not doing it
1: fuck you i'm uh I'm But in. That, that was back in the time when Harry could make enough money just off of record sales. Right, yeah. So now the like touring and live shows are literally the only way a musician can make money. So
2: if I, I like, I'll tell you what. If I had, if this record becomes a a, a sensation, mm-hmm. and there's a an absolute, <laughs> uh, you know, desire and and a demand from a general public to see me play these songs in person. Then we will right. figure it out, and I will <laughs>
1: go in gladly and put on a great show. So, so if your manager just keeps calling you every morning, like, look, we are number one. To, wants you to headline. We are
2: number one. Okay, <laughs> this record's gone platinum. Everybody is 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 obsessed with it. It's the it's a sensation. You're the zeitgeist right now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put a band. Kanye wants
1: to open for you. Yeah,
0: there we go. Yeah, I think you should you should probably get on TikTok now. I think that could really help you explode. Uh, yeah, I did a thing on TikTok when it first like a few months ago,
2: where I declared myself the king of TikTok, and I put up about (laughs) three videos explaining that, and I haven't been on it since in about three or four months. So, I don't know what my presence on TikTok is.
0: Well, at least you own your handle. That's the first that's <laughs> yeah. the first step in in this battle of, of yeah. world domination. Well, I'm
2: such an you know? Oracle guy. I've always been team Oracle when it comes to tech, you know. I love I just love what they do. I love their systems. I love their networking. Uh,
1: so I'm so excited about the future of TikTok and Oracle. You want to talk about a, a a fucking wireless router? Yeah, the good people down at Oracle—they're they're something. And
2: I've known Larry Ellison for years.
1: Sure, sure, and, sure. You know,
2: it's, I'm just so happy for them. <laughs> uh,
1: Success so is great. Was uh, or is it when when you first started releasing music that was serious and not you know comedy related? What, you know how difficult was that or was it not difficult at all and then the more you've done it has it gotten easier or is it still does it still feel a little foreign to you
2: uh well it's uh, the perception of it has gotten easier i think it was i thought it was originally going to be uh interesting that i was always you know do trying every time i do something it should feel a little different or it should feel like it's not what you expect cuz that would get boring if I just kept kind of churning out the same sure. kind of stuff. So, uh, and a lot of people appreciated that. I think there's a lot of people that don't like the kind of music I make that are that like the kind of comedy I make. You know, there's just like mm-hmm. it's just a different kind of thing. It's like you know, people consider it dad
1: rock or whatever. You know, like it's their dad's music. So I get that they people- want they want to listen to the Travis Scott and not. People who are name-checking Harry Nilsson, for example.
2: But there is an audience for it. And the more I do it, I think the more people are comfortable with like, okay, I don't expect this to be insane or uh, really goofy. So it's Mm -hmm. gotten a little easier. I mean, I I, uh, I just like doing it. And uh, I like working with the people I get to work with. And the process of it is sort of why I do it. And it's always like kind of – an af- not an afterthought, but the the annoying part is putting it out.
1: Um, mm. I,
2: I, I'd rather I <laughs> cool. would, I, you know. I just like here it is. I hope you like it, but if you don't, there's nothing much <laughs> I could do about it. You know.
0: Did you put a new band together for this record?
2: Somewhat. It was a collection. It was a this guy Drew Erickson who uh, kind of produced it with me and Natalie. He sort of assembled this, uh, f- you know wrecking crew uh group of people that (laughs) that that he's all buddies with some of them i had played with before but this group called
0: the lemon twigs uh a bunch of old
2: session heads yeah a bunch
0: of old session guys wearing saint laurent i know who you're talking about yeah Mm
2: -hmm. no well the lemon twigs are like 22 years old but (laughs) but they're old souls like they play they're just absolute geniuses uh, musically Mm -hmm. and uh so some of those, like if some some names, if you will, but also some just solid players who um, show up on a lot of these kind of records nowadays. Um, and did you did you do it in L.A.? Yeah, we tracked in L.A. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ended up going to this studio in uh, the Valley called Valentine Studios. That was this weird, um, like uh, time capsule. There, there was this seventies, sixties, and seventies studio. Where like the Beach Boys recorded And people like that mm. and But it was boarded up in, in the late 70s And just opened back up a few years ago And it's like you walk into Like a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, exhibit Or something Where it's like all pres- you know preserved orange carpet And bra- yeah. mm. brown baffles everywhere and stuff So it was very much uh, The cocaine the is mood. still
0: on the mirror The cocaine and quaaludes are, are all over the oh. place Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Damn, very very cool. And Natalie is is wise blood, correct? Natalie is Natalie is wise blood. <laughs> Natalie I, is. <laughs> uh, and did you got you guys had a relationship before
2: this? Not really. We had known each other. We had played a couple shows together or on the same bill, and we had some mutual friends. But it was uh, it was it was pretty uh, casual. It didn't couldn't say if she was a good friend or anything before we recorded it was a little bit of a let's see still isn't still is not still purely work
0: purely <laughs> a work relationship i don't yeah honestly guys i don't really like her that much but you know she's fun to work hey with. you know I what she work-
2: brings talent she's a super singer but uh nightmare mm. to be around so we just have a crummy
1: her. gal to be around
2: uh, yeah no uh, it's been it was it was a fun experience it kind of just like Let's see if a. Uh, sometimes you have to just try a collaboration, see if you get along, and you know if if, if it didn't, it probably wouldn't have gone past a couple mm. of days in the studio. But we we got along well and liked all the people we were around, so we we kept at it until we had enough songs to warrant an
0: album. I was going to ask you, did you go in with the songs, or were they? Did you write them in the studio?
2: No, I I had a, a I had like most I had, uh, like five five or six songs uh, that I had just sort of sitting around. Um, yeah. and, and I brought them in and after that session, I kind of wrote another batch with the, uh, with the project in mind more specifically. Um, and I, I think, you know, there's some changing and writing and, and finishing yeah. that happens in the studio, but for the most part they were, and then there's one song in the record that I wrote the words for, which like, we kind of experimented with the style of I'll write the words and you write and Natalie wrote the music and sang it. So the last song in the record is... Just this beautiful Wiseblood song that's on my record. It's like this weird uh, bonus uh, thing that I get Mm. to have on my record.
1: Let's hope that gets picked up for a key commercial. Am I right, baby?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I, I would appreciate it. I appreciate song placement in anything. I have no objections to that.
0: That's we cool. love we we love song placement on this podcast. It's a big thing that we like to talk about. Well, there aren't Tim, really
2: enough uh, ukuleles and whistling
1: on the record, maybe, but uh, you know, <laughs> also, <laughs> for, yeah. I mean, you're going to need some more whistling for the helpful Honda dealership <laughs> commercial. Yeah.
0: I keep hearing this this there's there's a Mercedes commercial that was playing incessantly during the U.S. Open, and it has some like. Really bad, like strokes rip off British band in the in the commercial, and it's really jarring. And now I shazammed it so many times I can't get the song out of my head. But it was a it was an interesting modern choice I thought from Mercedes. Yeah, that's man. amazing.
1: They're 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 constantly innovating. They're re- they
0: really are, dude. They're, they're Tim, pushing it forward.
1: Tim, what kind of music do you listen to when you when you're like turning up? Do you have any type of turn up music? Turn up? What do you mean, like get get jazzed? Get, get into you, get excited yeah get excited maybe you're like you know doing tequila shots you, you're <laughs> celebrating a victory you know you just sold a script or something like that you know I've been listening to a lot that it really puts me in a
2: good mood are, uh, are the faces with the faces which are sure you know Hell Rod yeah. Stewart and uh, Ronnie Wood and Ronnie Lane and uh, that's fun music I, I was like God these guys are they're, they're kind of more fun than the Rolling Stones if you want that kind of thing. Ooh. I highly recommend. It's a little controversial, I know, but
0: yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, face is, face is you, agree. I don't disagree with you though, but I don't think about it that much. So thank you for the reminder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're not listening to any any modern rap oh, music, man. dance music, anything like that? No, I have no idea. I have no
2: idea. You what, have I kids. Mean,
0: you have kids, right? That's
2: true. I, I have a yeah, I have a seven year old, and she's starting to find modern music that she likes and on her own. Did you?
0: Did you take her to McDonald's to get the Travis Scott burger or no?
2: I don't know anything about it. No, we don't try. We try not to go to McDonald's, so I, no.
0: That's you're a good parent. Okay, good, good answer. I, I was worried that you'd had to do that, but um, we won't explain that marketing ploy to you. But she's listening to modern music, like radio stuff, or something that you're introducing her to.
2: No, just um, probably in in movies that you know, okay, like these yeah. animated movies. They always sneak one of those songs in there. The one song I did like from one of her movies. That I really do genuinely love Is uh, Try Everything By Shakira And it's in this (laughs) It's in this movie called uh, Zootopia And it's just It sounds like an ABBA song And it's very catchy We're familiar
1: with the song, Tim (laughs) okay
0: don't don't mansplain Zootopia to me no i haven't
1: i'm not familiar with that shakira song i do like another song of hers called she wolf which is which is taking back the werewolf narrative for the ladies i would recommend i would recommend that song that's probably my favorite shakira song um you know maybe we'll we'll end this episode with that but it has a nice another abba like disco feel to it
0: yeah i I i'll check it out do you i i forget that that are a lot of these kids' movies made for adults to enjoy as well? I always hear people say that, but uh, is that true? Yeah.
2: They're, uh, they're, I think they're trying to think of the parents a little bit. I, my, there are, there's like a quality index, I guess. There's, there's, you know, the Pixar movies. I do genuinely think on, uh, like, are pretty solid and well made, and you know, some of them are, are actually better than most movies um but there's a lot of fucking trash and i and they're they tend to be they're extremely they're very long a lot of the time they feel very long they're very like complex and uh fil- full of story and like a daughter was watching like this lego movie the second lego movie and it felt like there were about 14 different endings because i was kind of popping in and out and like it sounds like this movie's wrapping up, but then like a whole other thing <laughs> happens. This whole, it's just like it's it's incredible, and these kids. What is this? Like, the Irishman? Exactly.
0: <laughs> Damn. No, I yeah I I don't I find because I think a lot of adults see stuff like the Lego Movie by choice, and I just couldn't be bothered to see something like that. I, I don't understand the appeal. I think um, The Simpsons had a lot of that when I was younger. They always had like
1: you know something to make your uncle chuckle well, Sh- while Shrek,
2: you're. Shrek was the one that did that first, probably right where it was like this was for kids, but there's going to be some pop culture references in here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't care for that tone at all. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't need bullshit. That. I don't need that. I don't need to be pandered to. Just, I'm looking for something to 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 separate myself from my kid for an hour and a half like don't worry about me
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not here for this it's, it's for her right
1: how how are your kids handling the uh the whole school from home not allowed to see your friends situation you know we're you know they're doing okay they're or are they seeing their friends and you're disobeying the law
2: no we're pretty good about it there's like one kid that we see that uh, but uh, there's a You know, there's this kind of natural move that she's right at the age where she can play these these interactive games on her iPad that are like this thing called Roblox, which is a whole – it's like a – what do you call that thing with the Minecraft? It's kind of like that. Mm. And she ends up like socializing with kids in that world and it's not obviously ideal, but it's not like she's some kind of –
1: you know hermit mm-hmm. uh, some kind of <laughs> she is in, she's interacting virtually
2: yeah she seems pretty Th- good thanks
1: to the thanks to the good people at oracle god yeah, thank thanks. thank you so much oracle for keeping our systems intact Well, <laughs> speaking of kids you know now now that you now that you're getting older you have you have some kids do you feel uh, a greater responsibility for for the content that you're putting out or no no okay <laughs> got it <laughs> zero why not or i mean do you think that'll ever happen or you're just always going to be a badass like that
2: well i don't i don't see our stuff that as being that controversial but uh mm-hmm. i don't know i i don't tend to like intentionally do something that's going to be really um overly right you know Gross, You're not setting out but
1: to to offend or hurt people's feelings. Not
2: really, no. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if if anything, it was it always provided inspiration when I had like a baby going around the house with diapers. I think there's a period in our work where you see a lot more diaper comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a sure. bed- bedtime a- bedtime stories episode where Eric's addicted to eating diapers, and <laughs> um, <Yeah>. so. <laughs> You know, I guess it's uh, I probably draw from them more than anything.
1: So you, you see the dirty diaper and you look at that as a as a blessing. I can I got, I can do a hot 15 on that instead yeah. of I don't want to change this dirty diaper.
2: No, it's more like yeah, I just I see it all as uh, fodder.
0: Mhm.
1: That's great. That's the um, best approach you, to life. Do your do your kids watch your content or listen to your content at all? Well, my daughter is very
2: aware of office hours. She's uh she's been on before. She loves it. Uh-huh. If I started doing these sort of very casual like live streams on YouTube where I'm just kind of sitting around playing my guitar and stuff, and she'll like she's already got that bug where she comes on and is like, Hi everybody. I'm Tim's <laughs> daughter and just wanted to say hi and you know, like she's really <laughs> got that. Whatever, uh, bug. So I'm not content creator bug. Yeah, she's gonna have her own Instagram uh channel shortly with beauty tips for seven year olds. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sound too excited. That's awful. That's awful. I take that back. <laughs>
1: that's
0: that, fine, that's fine. That might already exist, to be honest. This could be a burgeoning market.
1: <laughs> Tim, did you see did you see the Paul Rudd video where he's teaching kids <laughs> that wearing a mask is cool? I did see that, yeah. What I, I was curious to hear your thoughts on it, not not for any particular reason, but I've I've seen a lot of friends of mine offer all you know, different types of commentary on you it. You
2: know what? Uh, Paul is a good guy. He's a good. He's a friend. Ooh,
1: we always love when it starts with
2: that. Yeah, and so I, I'll refrain from any further <laughs> commenting at this time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> look, look, Paul's Paul. He's a great guy. Nothing. Um, can, okay, nothing that's can, fine.
2: Nothing can. Nothing can, well, nothing can take away. Uh from from the kind of person Paul is and the kind of work he generally does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well Chris, what did cr- you think about it? Um I mean it's trash, but like I I, I kind of agree with Tim. It's like Paul's given us so much, I don't even know the guy, but I'm gonna let give him a pass for this personally. Yeah, I'll give him a pass. I you know, the other thing that I saw today that I would like to talk about with both of you is the that Noel Gallagher is a confirmed super spreader. Um
2: <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, I saw and, I saw that.
0: And as well, a Liam Liam head, as a Liam Gallagher head, I'm I'm honestly I'm kind of happy about it. it. It it kind of ends the battle of, of which which brother is your favorite. For me, I don't know how you guys feel about it.
1: Well, that's that seems contradictory to your super spreading sympathizing though,
0: Chris. Well, I mean, I what i do jason and what i say you know are two different things like i can i I don't want to preach super spreading i just want to do it
1: so what is noel what what is noel doing exactly
0: noel said masks are like we need to be liberated from the mask he'll he'll
1: walk into tesco with the mask off
0: is what you're saying (laughs) exactly and ian brown is all from the stone roses is on the same wave What what is it what is it about these brit poppers
2: they're dumb. It's, they're dumb.
1: You know, like they're dumb <laughs> guys. They're like dumb they're not, guys. Like that's what—that's they, what, what
2: we all forget about a lot of these musicians, uh, <laughs> like the Beatles. They chose I love music them. because I, they're not y- smart. Yeah, I mean, I love the Beatles. You know, more than anybody, right? But like, John, when John Lennon got political, I get—I—I uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. But also, he's—he's. He's Not super educated, so he got like really into in in deep with like these very radical guys, you know, and like the like the uh, Bob whoever like uh, in the uh, Weather Underground or whatever. And he's like, uh, you could see him being like, "Uh oh, I just maybe I better step back from this citrus scene." But I mean, Noel, Mm. the Gallagher's can't be too bright, right? I mean, they can't be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're we're a very pro Oasis podcast, but I'm going to accept your slander because I I deeply. I I agree with you. It's true. Well, yeah. Where
1: where where they lack in maybe an IQ test, they they make up for in stage presence. Absolutely.
0: I I mean they're the swaggiest rock band of of my time. I would say as far as coolness goes.
2: Yeah, I was sure. never a fan. I could never. I I was not. In, I was not a Oasis. Not not that Tim, I just liked more them a, actively, you're, but I. I you more of a Blur fella, Tim? Oh, sure. I like Blur, but I I liked. Uh, <laughs> I liked uh, you mentioned the Stone Roses. I liked the Stone Roses, and uh, that you mm-hmm. know, I don't know that mid nineties Brit pop stuff. Never, I never uh, like was beca- never was really into it. Sorry. So what, uh, when
1: when, what when it was to? when it was the mid nineties, you know, I, I you're what you're like around forty or so.
2: Yeah, so I would say my mid nineties were like a mix of classic rock, you know, mm-hmm. your Beatles, Stones, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. Sure. Uh, The classics, but then you know, um, I have to say I've been going back to this because it's been a while since I listened to it. But like Siamese Dream from uh, Smashing Pumpkins,
1: that was big,
2: big. I was like great cassette. I was great record. I would say I was a big fan of that. I would be embarrassed. I would you know this is embarrassing, but I probably listened to the Counting Crows a lot.
0: Oh, you know. Um, Tim, Tim, funny you say that. I played a Counting Crows song in the car with Jason just the other day, and he acted like he was going to throw me out of the car. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I can't
2: say I, that stuck with me, but uh, <laughs> not, not only the, not only the, not only the Counting Crows, but the Black Crows. Wow, oh, wow. Tim, you really you, you and Wheelhouse. Chris have
1: very very similar musical tastes. Yeah, the Black Crows. What, I, are so you familiar we have- with the
0: two? the tour they did with oasis called the brotherly love tour no um, i didn't know which that is time. one of one of the more brilliant things but the black crows are one of atlanta's best exports that i feel like are very underappreciated
1: um yeah except I, for 90s sluts they loved it
0: yeah that's true yeah yeah <laughs> i i found that i i listen to the black crows all the time to this day yeah, that one record, that southern
2: music, southern music, whatever it is, the the brown yes. one. It's great. Yes. The, it's a
1: great record. So, Tim, made, you never, you never had a straight edge phase or a hip hop phase at all.
2: No, um, good I, for you. I never. I always. And you know, I grew up in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and straight edge, uh, uh, hardcore straight edge, big scene was huge. And every most of the f- friends of mine loved it or were into it, part of that scene and mm-hmm. it, i remember just hearing it in, in the back i can very vividly be, re- imagine being the back of this guy's jeep and playing mm-hmm. the loudest fucking hardcore and it would just it would just drain the life out of me it would exhaust me <laughs> to hear that music I couldn't it was have, like waterboarding for you I, yeah it was like it was so uh, hyper centralized or something like it was just so loud i mm. couldn't hear I couldn't hear what anybody was singing about I don't know what was going on. So I just would go home and listen to Van Morrison and Cat Stevens.
0: (laughs) Damn, I'm also a Van Morrison. I was just listening to some Van Morrison live this weekend as well, Jason. Oh, man.
2: uh, Is it the The one? The Montreux,
0: the jazz festival, the Montreux, like 79. I think it's on YouTube. The whole uh, thing is on YouTube. Well,
2: the one that I love, the live one, that uh, it's the... um, the what's the famous club? The uh, famous theater from the seven early '70s that Bill Graham had. The uh, whatever fuck something East. Oh, uh, the Fillmore. Fillmore East, yeah. And it's I think there was a recording of it that came out as too too late to stop now. I believe. Yes, it, yes, yes. That yes, yes, is yes, the yes. greatest thing ever. That he's he's like just off a of moon dance and he's playing that record and he's playing some Astral Weeks and his band is like fully on fire the bands are that the bands so are good. so his
0: his bands are so fucking crazy yeah. they're so good it's insane but did you listen you listen to that growing up like did your parents listen to that
2: uh yeah i think so uh they had i yeah i i don't know how much they listened to that in particular but i uh probably yeah i just had the cd i had the that cd i listened to a lot i was really into the talking heads um, as well Mm-hmm. I just um, I didn't
0: find Van Morrison until I was an adult, and it really hurts me sometimes. Right. I wish I would have I wish I would have known about it when I was fourteen or fifteen. You know what? It could have I feel me.
2: I feel like I was like a Rolling Stone magazine guy where I would yeah. subscribe, and then they would do, they had a great feature that they would like uh, feature a, uh, a like a classic record and like a like from yeah. the seventies or something, and they'd write a little thing, and I would often go to the record store and buy it, you know, something like. Obvious things now, but like uh, Velvet Underground and Nico, Mm -hmm. like I remember, or Pet Sounds. And you'd see these lists of like great records of all time and that kind of thing. And it made me want to be like, well, if this is, if Rolling Stone said this is a great record, I got to check this out, you know? So I guess I became a little bit of a, you know, like into that era and trying to find all these things. Again, you know, before the internet, it wasn't quite as obvious about all this stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you hang out at a record? Was there a local record store in Allentown?
2: Yeah, we had a record, a local record store called Tunes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn, feels that's very feels very cool. Canadian. That does feel very Canadian.
1: Now that you've you've done you've had your comedy career, you've had your your musical career. Are there any other goals that you're hoping to accomplish before before you hang the boots up?
2: Um. I'd like to win an Oscar, an Emmy, Grammy, all those awards. I'd like to be included in that echelon, the EGOT. Okay. Um, the
1: EGOT mm-hmm. crew. Uh, no, I just so – no no you know. cookbook – no, no, no. Uh, you know, other weird side project like that, model trains, perhaps.
2: No, nothing outside of this incredibly rich, uh, diverse <laughs> career I
0: have. I think, guys, I'm doing really well. So I just, I could yeah, leave it at all this. All goals you know. have been achieved.
1: So it's
2: it's it's a little hard to figure out what to do every day
1: damn and are you using any type of you know self-help system to achieve all these goals are you reading the mass the you know the master what's it called the artist's way and no, no. i've
2: i've always dabbled in that stuff or like looked into it and then i just get bored and uh, give up
1: and don't so f- are you are you are you just naturally motivated or has it ever been a struggle for you
2: um I go through i think I go through phases of feeling really like energized with something and really productive and then i i have like periods of being very lazy and unproductive and uh mm-hmm. you know I think I try to use those times to w- watch stuff or read stuff or wa you know catch up on things and uh not ch- mm-hmm. I, I've learned to like not panic about that because it's like those are just you you know you have ebbs and flows yeah. of creativity and stuff so in the meantime, you hope like interesting projects come around that you could be a part of, you know, like the mm-hmm. show, the a- acting that I've done or other – working on other people's things. And so, uh, yeah, it's all it's all a big chaotic mess usually and it's like mm-hmm. trying to – like this, this fall, I've got a record and this show Moonbase coming out and maybe something else and – It's like they're all crashing into each other at once, but I didn't make all those things at the same time. You know, they're all – like Mm -hmm. some of them are from like a year or so ago. And so there's a perception that maybe I'm like constantly making stuff, and it's not really – that's not really the case.
1: Right, right. What's up with this? Film it all and let God sort it out. Yeah.
0: Exactly. What's up with this new show? I saw the announcement today. It was so well-timed.
2: Yeah, Um, well, Moonbase, we made this show – with John C. Riley and Fred Armisen uh, and Jonathan Kreisel, who's the director of Baskets in Portlandia, um, mm-hmm. and we got together like a few years ago, and just we all are just such fans of each other and friends with each other. We just thought, well, what could we do? What's a show we could do together that is kind of just the three of us kind of stuck in a room and like where we could just <laughs> mm-hmm. fuck around and, and improvise and goof uh, goof off and and we have that relationship already just as friends like on text messages and stuff and mm-hmm. and anyway, so we just kind of came up with this idea that we were these astronauts training to live on the moon and we're sort of stuck in the desert living together in this in this dome you know and uh, and we just uh, sold it sold the idea to A24 who makes stuff and we shot it without a network or without any kind of tv person involved we made six episodes like off the grid kind of from the entertainment industry <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it was like it was a weird thing it was probably not the right thing to do but it all worked out in the end but then it was like going around to all these places, saying like, "Here's a TV show that's fully finished. Does anybody want it?" And you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a lot of these places were like, "What the fuck?" With well, no, that's not how we operate. Like, you know, uh-huh. we want to be we want to be in on the ground floor of this kind of thing. So, so, was
1: that independently funded, or did A twenty four give A20, you a budget yeah, for that? A twenty four funded it fully funded. Got it. It. Okay, yeah,
2: they got deep. They got deep
0: pockets. Too. Yeah, they, they're know, doing okay, you know. but
2: it was a risky move, and it's worked out. But uh I can't say it was smooth sailing the whole way, because then there was you, did all these you guys other- shoot
0: it in we, a desert?
2: We shot it uh, in LA, but there's this like weird uh, quarry up in, uh, sand quarry up in like Simi Valley that we shot mm-hmm. it. That was kind of- I know the one. You know that sand. Yeah, that's where you go to get all your sand <laughs> for your <laughs> private <laughs> beach. Um, so yeah, we shot it up there, and then we shot it on a soundstage uh, in Silmar, and- uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a weird thing to go and do like a full season of a show without really knowing what it was going to be. I mean, we had written it and we had kind of, you know, did all that prep and stuff. But there is this scary thing about like, all right, now the cameras are rolling and now we're supposed to actually do this. And uh, there isn't like a, you know, that's why you make a pilot is you make something to see what it is and see what's wrong with it or what's right with it and stuff. We didn't mm-hmm. do that because we're just, very arrogant about our own talents and and our own abilities you know um and (laughs) just like the idea of like getting all of us together yeah i mean the idea of getting all of us together at the same time uh and building a big set it just felt like let's just let's just shoot a season if we're going to do this so i'm very that was a conscious
0: that was like a very conscious decision even though you knew it was maybe not the best idea
2: yeah, it was just kind of like let's just do this and if it's Fuck it. if it if it if it's a disaster, well, you know, we've like Paul not wrote, our money. you know, we've made we've <laughs> made enough good stuff and we can we can <laughs> we can afford a few a few misses.
1: Let's but, just film a TV show. Yeah.
2: <laughs> get it over with. But we all just got along great and it was really fun and it, I'm really we're all really happy with it. It doesn't feel like anything any of us have really done before. Uh, in a and ver- for various reasons, it feels like its own thing. So I'm excited
0: for people to see it.
1: So it's you, it's it's three practice, guys. I'm who are practicing stuck.
2: for my Jimmy Fallon interview, as you can tell from my tone. Thanks. You know? We can do
0: so. We can let me let me. I'll get Coach some bad Kirby. jokes ready. I'll get some bad jokes ready. Give me one Great. second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so the the show is is you you three guys are astronauts and you're going to go live on the moon and it's like the biodome style training facility. And then the hijinks ensues. That's correct. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nothing. Nothing was.
0: I don't know. Damn. I, I guess. I guess I don't need to watch it. Thanks, Jason.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's sort of this like if there's any kind of like above the like a uh, kind of thematic thing going on, it's kind of this 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 these inept uh, white men you know, who are just kind of <laughs> expecting everything to to go right for them and nothing ever does, but there's this entitlement going on that we Mm -hmm. think is kind of funny that they're like, they're kind of made irrelevant by various things in the world. And, um, but you know, ripped ripped from today's headlines a little bit. And, and there, it is this like kind of prescient feeling of like, the way people might go crazy if they have to live together with people and not leave the house mm. and uh mm. wear wear a you know protective gear whenever they breathe oxygen sure. outside. So so that worked in our favor. Um we're you know uh, Another happy, COVID happy. victory.
0: Yeah exactly another, another one. Another COVID victory. Now are you a fan <laughs> Do you like when stuff all comes out at once, or do you do you like things to be more like episodic and like weekly? Or, oh, or is that like is that binge? passed us by?
2: I, yeah. per, as a viewer, I would say um, I it's terrific to have just everything there for you whenever you want. Um, there's almost mm-hmm. nothing I watch on a weekly basis that I'm like all caught up on. Anyways, so things generally just kind of pile up, and then they're already out, so I can watch them whenever. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really enjoying Fargo, which I had not watched when it was on. So that's just all there to binge, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I think if I was a creator, it's more fun to kind of drag things out or, or like have things be on for various weeks. And Mm -hmm. it feels more like traditional television that I grew up watching and, you know, build up a little anticipation. Yeah. Get people to keep, uh, writing hot takes on and,
1: uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) The oh, real' yeah, important. more they're,
2: more press releases for my publicist to craft
1: craft i I, I didn't think about that side of it, but it makes
0: sense, but i don't i mean I just feel like sometimes I watch things so fast, I have very little memory of what actually happened when it's all handed to me. I like plow through it, and then i I might not be able to tell yeah. you in two weeks what even imagine happened.
1: if you were stone Chris it'd be great you're, you're doing that's happening to you, stone cold sober I it's like scary. uh
2: I do like the um, you know small bites, especially if it's something I really love. I like. I don't want to. What about a
1: quick bite though?
2: We
0: call the quick. Qu- bites <laughs> on this show. Okay, this is a quibby. This is a quibby facing podcast. So. That's
2: too quick. That is way too quick. I need to savor it a little. <laughs> more. How
0: how how big was the quibby deal that you turned down? You can tell us.
2: I nothing nothing delights me more than reading like takedown articles on quibby. It is a it is like. You know, a beautiful Sunday morning brunch for me when I open up like a vulture article. <laughs> that, that's how I used to
1: be, yeah. but then I started I kind of started feeling bad for some reason, even mm. though there's no reason I should be feeling bad for these, you know, billionaire um, yeah. media conglomerate people. I, d- I after a while, I I, I was like, damn, they're, they're kind of getting a raw deal.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's I guess there's something I I've, I've actually never really interacted with the interface, so I can't. Con- but. Nobody uh, has. No. Nobody. That's the whole problem. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole issue. I well what was annoying? I I had pitched a few things there and what I what really turned me off right away was like, you know, the the development person being like, I love this. I think this is so cool, but frankly, like this has to kind of go through Jeffrey and Jeffrey's <laughs> got a certain <laughs> on the yacht, you know, he's got a certain idea of what's gonna work. And I'm like, well, this is doomed to failure right now. I know it because <laughs> what the fuck does he know about what anybody wants anymore? Like, you know, he yeah, certainly yeah. probably had his time um, where that was what he – but how do, you, how do you stay connected to what uh, – you know, if you try to figure out what people are going to want, it just seems like such a losing battle.
1: That's well, that's why I, you hire bright young minds to you know to do that job for you. Yeah, yeah. You should have
2: said like, well, you're my development If You believe in this so much, like go for it. And if you know succeed, you if you succeed, great. If not, you know that's what we learn. But it's sort of like that's how mm-hmm. Mike Lazo at Adult Swim was always so great about just being like, listen, I don't really know what's going to work. I like this, or I don't know if it's going to work, but. I trust in you guys, and if you believe in it, then I'll support it. And we'll, we'll, you know, will mm-hmm. you live and die by success or failure? And that—that's—that's that's how you figure out what's what—what's good or bad, or what's working or not working. Not this sort of like, you know, crystal ball about trying to predict what people are going to want.
1: Right. Yeah, do you think at uh you know at what age do you think that you're gonna you're gonna Katzenberg out yourself and not be able to tell what will be a success or not? <laughs>
2: I have no idea what if I'm if anything I'm doing is is resonating or of interest to anybody. You know, That's, mm-hmm. I don't because I don't, I don't know where people are seeing things I don't know how people are seeing things. Uh, who knows? I I try mm-hmm. not to th- overthink that too much.
0: But most of your shit is available on all streaming services, correct? No, it's a mess. It's strewn
2: out. (laughs) HBO Max put up like awesome show, but then there's other things that aren't up there, and it's all locked behind paywalls and ripped off on YouTube. And you know, it's it's brother, it's a mess. It's terribly
0: managed. That's a fucking mess. It sounds like you need to get your team on this.
2: I wish if I had a team, they'd be all over
1: it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Tim, I,
1: we 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 talk a decent amount about fitness on this podcast. Could you break down your your daily fitness regimen to us?
2: Well, it it ebbs and flows like uh okay. like everything. Um I so about a month or so ago, I got really I gained put some pounds on during quarantine, as I think a lot of people do. I got into some stress yeah. eating and some demotivated, mm-hmm. you know, living uh right. and so
0: <laughs> demotivated de- living is yeah. demotivated cool. living. I like that. Really um, cool phrase.
2: So I started um I'm I really really dislike working out just like uh like like mm-hmm. the kind of painful uh c- crossfit kind of thing. I really hate that. I've tried mm-hmm. that before. So what I For the birds. Yeah, so what I've done is like I live on a on about a mile and a half hill and I've been wa- taking very kind of you know, like 2 hour walks uh when mm-hmm. when i can like three or four times a week so i'll take like long long walks like 6 or 7 mile walks and mm-hmm. i that's about it and then i've been doing like those little 7 minute thing those 7 minute wor- workouts on which is kind of that crossfit thing but it's it's not too bad and so I, you're, you're, I play are tennis you're telling me that Oh, you do? I do play tennis, but not this week. You know, this, we had the heat wave, and then we had the smoke, and so it's just been like, it's not been a great time to be outside, you know.
1: But I do like- Tim, I we, we got to go play some tennis sometime, buddy. I'm, I'm over here in Fremont Park in Glendale all the time. I'm not, balls. I'm not great. I'm not great. At all? What's your no? So, well, we neither played, are we, we.
0: We we played yesterday actually, and it was uh, it was actually it wasn't too bad out there. Well, I'd like um, to
2: play. I you can text me at some point. I I'm not like I said. I I'm I'm, I'm, I'm average to below average, but I can
0: play. You know, mm-hmm. like that's so what I don't matters. Know, Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised. So these big studios aren't paying for you to have a personal trainer, or are you just rejecting that notion? I mean, I d I don't I mean, look, I know I know a show by astronauts isn't fucking, you know, Tarzan, but so
2: bad. I look so bad in Moonbase. Like you're not gonna like I we all like kinda we're wearing these bad polos with like khaki shorts and like It's very—it's an unflattering look, and uh, so and also I think people assume I'm just fat, and they're like, "Well, we'll get the fat guy to do this uh, part." So, (laughs) you know, it might be career suicide to lose too much weight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, the the Jonah Hill effect can be very real. Yeah, it sure can. I don't. Um, Um, You you were mentioning earlier. Um, putting on some lbs in the quarantine, doing some stress eating. What what is your stress snack or snacks? I went
2: down this dark hole of peanut M Ms. Where somebody in oh, family yeah. bought a like big
0: party. Sam, we size are kindred bag.
2: spirits. Wow, we it's are, the we best are big candy.
0: peanut M M&M, M peanut M M&M M hive on. It this is side. the best. We it are, is the best
2: candy, and we somehow had like a party size bag in the house, and nobody else was really eating them, and I would just like pound those fuckers. First mistake oh, is
0: first first mistake is buying that bag. You can't ever let yourself buy have that. Have you
1: bag. yeah, that's like buying a carton of American spirits. It ain't it ain't gonna end anywhere good. Do you <laughs> have you have you ever tried the Unreal brand healthy version of the peanut M M&M? M? Oh no, I've never heard of such a thing. We'll 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 messenger over a, a bag to the house. I think it could be the solution that you're looking for. All right. i'm
2: in
0: i i mean you know my so in my house growing up my dad was a big peanut m&m head and my mom would buy the five pound bag that you speak of but he would he would keep it in the. he would never bring it with him he would get up and walk to get a handful and then walk back to the couch as if that was going to help him eat less (laughs) so whatever works it did not work. So that's what I'm saying. Tim, are you hauling the bag to the couch? or Are you faking it and pretending that you're eating less than you are?
2: I I would. Uh, I never took the bag with me. I, I would definitely go up. I had a smaller little bowl that I would pile them up into, and then refill that bowl several times.
1: That's got a, we call that a one hitter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, Tim, a, it, Tim, when when you're doing your when you're doing your fitness walks. Are you doing this solo or are you bringing a dog with you? No, or? solo, fully, okay.
2: fully solo. And I do a mix of like listening to music, listening to maybe a book on tape or a podcast or something, and then just nothing. And I find that uh, it's very good for uh, ideas. And like if I'm working mm-hmm. on uh, something, I, I, like, I generally find that if I focus on thinking about whether it's a new show idea or whatever – like if mm. I just think about that as I'm walking, like, you know, like magic. Yeah, answers. There, come there's
1: or, there's there's studies that show that the the, the act of walking stimulates certain mm. idea making brain patterns in it your totally
2: mind. It Totally works. I I'm I a firm believer in it. It's a little hard. So yeah, it's a little yeah. hard to commit that much time to doing it every day, but I try to at least four times a
1: week. I guess that's good, Chris. You could take a little page out of that book. What the
0: fuck are you talking about? You know, you're you're a little resistant of those meditative walks. I'm not. I'm a. I love exercise, but I like it to be Tim. Whatever you hate, I love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want go. to be destroyed and yelled at. Exactly. That's my <laughs> that's my platform for 2020. Um, but I just yeah, I just I, I can't just stroll aimlessly. Even though it's not aimless, I know you're like you know there's a point to it, but I have a hard time doing that. Um, and I do think it is beneficial, but I feel that same I feel that same idea hive happening when I'm running. So I think it's. Oh yeah, I well when I say
2: walk, I do a little bit of jogging. Like I, I will jog (laughs) as a you know, like the little little I'll run a little bit and then walk and kind of go back and forth. Um,
1: Tim, uh, lastly, I wanted to talk about your about your podcast, Office Hours. Could you, you know, to somebody listening who's never heard it before, could you describe what what this program is?
2: It started really as just a call-in show, or I put up a Skype and had audience, you know, anybody that wanted to call in and talk about whatever. And then mm-hmm. I brought in, uh, so I always did it in the morning, and I called it office hours, because it was like, you know, I could talk about, if you had wanted to get advice, or ask me a question, or whatever, that was my time I was offering. Mm-hmm. And as we kept doing, as I kept doing it, Doug, who I've worked, Doug Loosenhop, DJ Doug Pound, uh, mm-hmm. came in, and he started doing that sort of Fred Norris from the Stern Show thing with with drops and sound effects and stuff. And then Vic came in, Vic Berger came in, and started doing it as well. And then we decided, we figured out that we had this great little trinity of minds that made mm-hmm. for like an entertaining kind of mix of... Uh, You know, like what you guys are doing, just kind of shooting the shit and talking. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, we get serious about if something crazy is going on in the world. Um, And then taking calls. I love talking to people, like just getting to talk to some dude in, you know, Milwaukee or the Netherlands or, you know, around the world. People are listening in and calling in and telling me what they're thinking. And I absolutely love it. You could do that all day. I could kind of do it all day. Um, I do it standing up, which is also fun to to uh to to for my body. So it's good for my body. So uh, yeah, keeping that little body s- tight and right.
1: <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, do you ever get people who are calling in and, and trolling or or pranking oh, I, you, or anything well, like that? The disappointing thing is I used to get that a
2: lot more because it was just like a Skype number that was on the screen when we were doing it and since like covid since kind of we we moved out of my office my real office to my garage we we kind of moved uh to to zoom mm-hmm. and we had we'd be, sort of have this our own audience now and it's less of sort of randos calling. It's more of like yeah. fans of the show, and and I do miss that because I love when people call up and be like, "You're a fucking idiot! Like, how can you? Sub- <laughs> how? Why don't you understand how great Trump is or something? You know?" I will be like, "Bring that to me every morning because I love ah. getting angry and yelling at people and calling people idiots and stuff." So I miss that because everybody's so nice now, but it's still fun. It's
1: a joke, and have you do- have you? Have you been able to turn the show into uh, a revenue stream at all, or are you are you doing it just for fun? Or we all, how does yeah, that
2: work? we've been able to we've we've set up a Patreon and it's bringing in some real money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing like it's not quit your day job, but there's four of us that that equally split the pot, and you know we put some Very money cool. we put some money into the show. We made you know gussied up the studio and we pay a, an engineer and that kind of stuff. But it's it's coming it's gets chugging along it's doing pretty good and we sell some ads and it's you know it's no Joe Rogan deal but sure uh, it's it's certainly worth it's my exciting
1: time. Yeah. and it's cool that every you know all of your friends get to work together and make a little little yeah. cash on the side help yeah. cushion the blow during these trying times yeah it's been
2: good to have something to do every week it feels like a good focus and a good you know yeah it's a good good way to spend my uh, my COVID times.
1: God bless. Well, thanks so much for doing this show, Tim. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, it was lovely to talk to you
0: boys. Tell people where they can find you, et cetera.
1: Yeah, plug plug the show, new oh. record, all that stuff.
2: Oh, uh, Fear of Death will be everywhere uh, September 25th in terms of you know Spotify and all that. Uh, follow me at, uh, at Tim Heidecker on Twitter and at Tim Heidecker, I think, at something, at Tim Heidecker on Instagram, <laughs> maybe. Any of those places. Mm-hmm. I'm around imdb.com slash Tim Heidecker. Uh-huh.
0: Big flex. <laughs> there we go. There we go, baby. That's what I was looking for. The
2: Showtime. Showtime is coming uh, November 8th. Um, thanks, guys. Have a Thanks, great. Tim. Thanks, we'll talk Tim. To, you to you soon, day. bro. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Later.
1: What's up?